What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa. And today, guys, I have yet another outstanding athlete interview in store for you guys. Joining me on the show today is a soft is a sophomore shot put in discus throw for the Bryant University Bulldogs. Just a few weeks ago, she etched her name in the Bryant history books by breaking the women's indoor shot put record with a throw of 13. 13 meters, 13.16 meters, which is just over about 43 feet, and she is not done yet. So without any further ado, please welcome to the show, Lily Lagoy. Lily, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I'm really glad to have you on the show. I think you're actually the first female athlete we've had on Down to the Wire, so I'm glad to have you on the show. Uh, But so before we kind of, you know, get into, you know, obviously the, the, you know, kind of the elephant in the room of breaking the record, everything there, kind of tell me. So uh, obviously... For me, I actually did track back in high school and I did some stuff like that for you. When how did you kind of get into, you know, you know, throwing and just athletics in general? What's your kind of background? Okay, so I've been an athlete my entire life. You know, as soon as I could walk, I was on the field, t-ball, soccer. I've played everything. I actually played club soccer for like seven years. Thought I was going to go to college for that. Out of all my sports, that was the one I was best at. Um, And then my first day of uh, high school, the head track coach was my health professor or health teacher and he saw me and he said you're gonna be a thrower (laughs) and I said okay so I showed up at like the first practice and I did like a stand throw so not even the full throw and my all the coaches were like (laughs) you're gonna be good and just from there on like it became a passion like every time I threw I was like yeah I want to get better at this that's yeah that's incredible I, I actually ended up throwing myself in high school and uh it it's funny the way I ended up getting into track was I did baseball in the spring. I, that was my main sport originally. And for me, I, I, my friend, I think who I played baseball with at the time came up to me and basically said, Hey, do you want to, you know, join the track team? You can basically the furthest you have to sprint is 50 yards. And because I have absolutely no stamina, I have asthma, Mm -hmm. I will burn out like instantly. So he says, so he goes, I'm like, yeah, I'll join the track team. That's the furthest I have to run. And I did that. And I was like, oh, it'll be good training for baseball. And eventually I did fall in love with it. It was, so was Mm -hmm. it a similar kind of thing for you? For sure. Yeah. Cause I, I know like I'm used to team sports. Like I was the captain of the field hockey team, played soccer. I love the team atmosphere and track is more of like an individual sport. So at first that was definitely an adjustment, like not having a team, like it's just yourself, your numbers reflect your work. So that was an adjustment. But once I would like got into it and I wanted to get better. Yeah. I, I fell in love immediately. Yeah, no, I mean, it technically like your, your high school is competing for something but at the end, at the end of the day, it is what you're trying to put out it's exactly. your your individual performance is much larger usually mm-hmm. in that uh I, I guess obviously you got into throwing how did this come about was that just like the very next spring or how did that kind of so actually i'm from california okay so we don't have indoor track we don't have winter <laughs> track we only have spring oh, that, so we, that, that's so nice yeah so i before coming here i've never even held an indoor shot never seen like an indoor track that was a shock for me so yeah. Yeah. So when I started throwing, it was shot and disc were just the two events. We didn't have hammer or javelin. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you're lucky you don't you're, you're lucky you, you were able to make it this long before dealing with uh, indoor track. I know Yeah. <laughs> as myself, a person I'm from Massachusetts, so like 25 okay. or so minutes up the road from mm-hmm. here. And uh, let me tell you, like the training when you don't have a track at your high school, af- your after school practices just literally consist of you running around the hallways that that oh that, that is your entire thing. You just put your put your track shoes on and you just line up in the hallway and hope that it's clean enough that you're not going to just wipe out and you know just die out there it's it's a nightmare but I guess what I I guess what I want to ask next is uh obviously for going from California to Bryant that's quite the jump how did you end up 
how did you make that decision to, to you know, move half, not halfway, the entire way across the country? Yeah, like, coast what made to you coast. Do this? Um, so I was born in Connecticut. Okay, I still yeah. have my grandparents there. I have aunts and uncles, cousins, you know, and my whole entire life, I've always known East Coast. Like I'm yes. going back. I just love it. There's like something about being out here that I don't know. It, California just is missing that for me. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then Brian, I was recruited by them and I yeah. flew out for my visit. And as soon as I stepped on campus, I fell in love with the campus. And then when I met the team, the like family at atmosphere of the team that was what sealed the deal for me yeah I mean it's so what is what is like so you know family like about the team like what do you guys kind of do with each other like that kind of as that atmosphere you know so you know there's so many different events we have the sprinters jumpers throwers um so sometimes it does seem like not really but I know for me like I live with two distance girls and two sprinters a hurdler um so they're like my family. And then at practice, you know, we have a hard day. Our coach is killing us. You know, we like pick each other up, support each other. Like, even like if you're just having a hard day outside a track, like you're not mentally doing well, all your teammates care. They don't have to be your best friend, but at the end of the day, they're going to be there for you. And it's like really comforting to know that. Yeah. That's not, that's actually really nice. Yeah. Uh, I guess. So obviously along the way of trying to get to get into school and do all this stuff, it's it's, it's a grind to, yeah. to do it. I mean, and there's definitely a lot of people that can help you along the way for yourself. Who are some people that you would help that you would look at for some of your success athletically? My mom, yeah. 1000%. Really? Yeah. Like I said, club soccer in California, we'd drive hours, drive to Vegas, you know, drive all over the place. My mom was always the one she'd drive me, <laughs> come to every soccer game, come to every track meet, And it's not because she had to, it's because she genuinely wanted to. Yeah. Uh, she helped me so much in like the application process and all of it. You know, my mom really has been and still is my rock. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, so uh, were there, are there any other coaches or other individuals that you'd attribute to as yeah, well? Yeah, for sure. My high school coach too, <laughs> uh, my throws coach, he's the man, like, uh, he, I, I started with my freshman year with two coaches that retired after my freshman year. Yeah. And I had a successful freshman year in high school and I was panicked. I was like, I have a new coach. Like, how's this going to go? And, you know, he took me under his wing immediately. He was just the best, like positive attitude. Like maybe not all the time he knew as much about throwing as my old coaches, but he had such like an infectious positive, like you got this attitude that he made me want to do better, not only for myself, but also for him, like to make him proud, you know? Yeah. Are are there, are there any kind of lessons that they, you know, those individuals were able to teach you along the way? For sure. Yeah. For him, I, immediately, I just thought like not to take it too seriously. Yeah. Like I could throw not my best and still smile. Still, I'm proud of you. And just like one foot in front of the other kind of, you know, yeah. I took it day by day. That, that's really nice. Uh, I guess for yourself, obviously it's, you can have those, you can have those days where you're feeling really good. And you can have those days where it's just not connecting for you. I mean, what would probably be the biggest obstacle that you've had to face in, you know, in your career with track and throwing and whatnot? Um, so I have a couple came to mind. First off my junior year of high school, I tore my ACL. Yeah. And that like is a year long process. Yeah. It's people who don't know. I I know so many people that have had to go through that. It's, it is a process. What, What were you doing? playing field hockey. Oh, geez. Right before our, uh, like conference first round of playoffs. Dang, that, it was horrible. That's crazy. What was the, what was kind of the rehab like for you? Um, so I had surgery a couple months later and I started PT, you know, I'd go every week 
and it I didn't have any problems with it, but yeah. I did. It was so hard for me to still go to practice every day and like try to help out as much as I can. But no, like I'm missing this whole year mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but I worked really, really hard. You know, it's it's it is like pretty easy to recover, but especially mentally, like you're yeah. never really going to be the same. Like I know for me, I have such a fear of injury now, which is like definitely an obstacle that I face almost every day yeah. when throwing, when doing our workouts. And yeah. Yeah. Are, are there any kind of adjustments that you've made to hopefully kind of, you know, avoid that from happening? Yeah. Um, coaches pointed out sometimes they can be, tell like we'll do us uh, jumps like up the bleachers. Okay. Yeah. And a coach will, uh, high school and college, like, oh, Lily, I can tell you're compensa- overcompensating, like you're leaning this way. Mm. And it's just like the little things where, and that causes other injuries sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're putting too much pressure on your other, like you can exactly. stuff to go wrong there. Yeah. That's, that, that that's crazy. Uh, what is trying to figure, trying to figure it out for, for you, uh, you know, trying to get back from injury, doing all that stuff. Uh, were there any changes that you had to make to like your physical, like throwing stance or anything like that, that had to change or was it, or were you able to kind of just get back into it? When I started throwing again, I, the doctor gave me like one of those big metal braces that you see like NFL linemen wear, you know, like the big thing. So, uh, like my first month and a half back trying to throw, I was wearing that and that just like, didn't feel right. It would like bump. It just, I felt like I couldn't really get my positioning right because of it. So ultimately I decided to veto it. And that was a really scary decision because I thought like in my head, if I was wearing that, I was safe Mm -hmm. kind of, even though that's not how it works. Yeah. It's like when I used to play baseball back in the day and when, whenever I, uh, you know, when I was younger, I had braces and I, and I I was just like, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm already wearing braces. I'm not going to wear a mouth guard when I go to the plate. (laughs) I I was like, cause I was, I had the idea of, I was like, all right, if I get hit in the mouth, I'm already in braces. I mean, it's going to suck, but I mean, theoretically they could go along and just eventually fix it with what's already in my mouth, hopefully. But (laughs) then as soon as I got my braces off, I immediately, I immediately got a mouth guard. Cause I, I, I was like, I was like, all right, I paid, I have, I have good teeth now. I'm not going to mess that up again. And I'm and but it's, it obviously that's a much more serious thing. I'm kind of just trying to have, throw some light on that, have some no, fun with that. Sure. But yeah, it's, it is the type of thing where you feel like you feel like you really are protected. And then, mm-hmm. but, but then you actually get out and you, you know, apply and you can, you eventually build up a kind of confidence with yourself. Yeah, for sure. Like, so I, as I said, my junior year, I missed the whole year. I didn't yeah. get to compete in a single meet. And then my senior year coming back, I broke the school record three times, my own record. (laughs) And I think part of it, I can like look back and be like, I missed this opportunity last year. So it made me want to work even harder Mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're breaking your school record three times in one year. That's, that's an accomplishment in in and of itself when you're doing that. So for you, obviously you're dealing with injury. So you, you miss a season very late in your high school career. So I'm wondering, did you kind of have any, have any doubts about whether you were, about whether you were, were going to be able to compete at the D one level? Were there any yes. thoughts like that? Well, actually funny you say that my dream was to play field hockey in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, when I tore my ACL, that was like a whole other mental thing of like accepting that that's not really an option anymore. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really showcased enough in track, you have your numbers, exactly. numbers stand for themselves. Field hockey, it's you need, not, you almost need film. You need other exactly. things too. And when you're missing a season, it's kind of just, you kind of have to throw it away at that point. It's- exactly. So I got, I was a little lucky in the sense that my numbers prior to junior year were good enough that maybe not the D one school I wanted, but I could go D one. Yeah. Um, and then 
because you get recruited before your senior year yeah, season, especially exactly. when we do it in the spring in, in California. So yeah. I got really, really, it's very fortunate that I had numbers that could like stand for themselves. Yeah. So when, when you did finally get the call, where was it just like immediate, immediate relief? Yes, for yeah. sure. I remember, um, sitting at the computer with my mom and we were emailing back and forth with the head coach. And, uh, I just remember like being so happy. Like my mom was crying, you know, it was awesome. That's amazing. So obviously you, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, we talked a little bit about kind of the adjustments that you made and di- different things like that. What, what, what kind of stands do you actually throw out of, throw out of now? I know a couple of people, I, because I did shot, I know there are a couple of people that, you know, kind of do just the straight shuffle. I know some mm-hmm. people that do the spin. What do you go with? So I am now a rotational okay. thrower. I actually came into college, a glider mm-hmm. and I, that's what I used to do. I, I did that my whole, uh, freshman and most of my sophomore year as well. Okay. Yeah. Now that's what I did for, that's what I did for high school. I did not have the coordination to, uh, to do the rotational. That was just not in my repertoire. Plus the, to be honest with you, the only reason I did shot was cause I was a sprinter and the only events that I did were either the 50 yard dash, which again was 60 was, which was six seconds or yeah. the, or I did the four by two, which at most is like 25. Exactly. So, so I'm running maybe a total of 30 seconds for an entire, for an entire night. So I was like, all right, I got to get something else to do. So, I mean, yeah. I end up, I end up joining shop, but I'm like, all right, I at least get three throws, get to kind of have a little bit of a break mm-hmm. in between. So, yeah. And you know how, like, you know, track meets, literally, it's not just like a couple hours. It's oh, a day long. Yeah. It's, it's an entire event. So I mean, not doing more than one event can be very exhausting. No, I know. I mean, I've, uh, have you, you, have you ever competed at the Reggie Lewis center? Or no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. New England's there. Okay. I was about to say, yeah, it, uh, I'm going there actually on Friday. <laughs> oh really? Yeah that's, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, that's what we used to do for some of our high school meets back in the oh, day. Cool. Like, the, like the big ones, like the States, the relays, stuff like mm-hmm. that. It, you would go out to Reggie and you would do all that stuff. But I, I can tell you when you're just out there for an entire day, it yeah. is, it's a lot. You need to make sure you have your phone. You have to have another charger mm-hmm. in case stuff goes down. And then, and you know, you could be racing like in four hours and then you just need to kick it into gear and get going. That is something that just nobody can really explain. Cause you have exactly. just like, you're on the bus and you know, in baseball or in whatever other sport, what you're doing, like you're on the bus and it's like, all right, we're going to the game and you get off and maybe have like a, you throw around for like maybe a little bit and yeah. you're in it. And, but with track, like you get on the bus and you try to get into that mentality of like, all right, let's go. And then you're sitting for like five hours and, yeah. and you don't know how to do what, what was that like for you? And how did you eventually, uh, you know, that's something that I still feel like I'm trying to uh, yeah. learn a little bit. <laughs> Uh, it is hard. It is, no, you know, really you is. get on the bus, like, especially if we go to a meet in somewhere like Maine, sometimes we go to New York, like we go far. So you're on the bus, you know, listening to your music, leaving, excited at, to leaving at like what time? In the like seven, yeah, eight, so- you know, uh, trying to get like excited and you get to that point where you're like, yeah, I'm ready to yeah, go. It's like, I, it's like, it's like, I could step <laughs> off the bus and throw right now. Yeah. Like I'm ready. And then you get there and say your event isn't till 10. Uh, so I throw it t- you would say I throw at 10 and then usually there's three flights yeah. and then finals. And usually I'm in the last flight. So usually I don't actually throw until 1130 and mm-hmm. then finals start at what? 12. So it's like one of those things that's just so, um, I don't know. It's so hard. You have to really, it's no one else can do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. And I think for me, I, the adrenaline, like I'm, I'm getting close to getting there, but it's not all the way there yet. Yeah. I mean, obviously at, uh, do you have any favorite? Yeah. It's, it's something that you, re- that does take a lot of practice needs. You need kind of, you kind of need to work into, do you have any favorite memories kind of from Reggie by any chance? 
I mean, my grandparents came to that meet from Connecticut. They oh, drove up yeah. just like having them be there. And then we went out to lunch after. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say uh, one of the craziest things I've ever seen at Reggie, which I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this. It was a high school meet that I was at and mm-hmm. there was this kid from another school. Uh, his name's Aiden Felty. He actually throws over at Michigan now. Oh, cool. And he was the I think he was like the year like so he I think he graduated in 2019 and he was the number one shot put thrower in the nation for the boys. And he goes out and he throws, he ends up throwing the shot put like 69 feet. Like he shatters like that is crazy. He shatters, he shatters the record. Like he he went just, it was absurd what he was doing. And I I can tell you everyone in everyone in the uh, Reggie Lewis center, like would just like, like the guy, like a guy would get on the freaking PA system and, and would just, and would just say, Hey, uh, just so you know, the number one shot put thrower in the nation is throwing. You guys might want to come see this. Yeah. And it was it was like a circus. Like everyone would come down and mm-hmm. like that the slow clap. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, they all did the slow clap. Yeah. yeah. And in that just in that like shot put area, everyone was like crowded. That like, little corner. yeah, that, that little cornered <laughs> off part of the, of Reggie. It's just so packed there. And it's nuts. I mean, I remember that is just that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen there. Mm-hmm. Uh Another crazy moment I remember from Reggie was I, I, I luckily wasn't a part of this race, but it, but it was a four by two race that was happening right before me. And I'm standing in line waiting for it to come out. And these two guys are going around the bend and it's literally the, like the last curve before the end of the race. And you see these, two, you see this one guy, he, he just gets enough speed to get out in front of a guy. And then he immediately starts to slow down. Mm-hmm. And th- this guy is getting pissed at him. And all of a sudden he crosses the finish line. And the guy that was the guy that got stuck behind him literally winds up with his baton and throws it at him. That's insane. Yeah. I've never seen I, anything like that. And I, mean, I remember like he immediately got DQ'd. They almost yeah. like fought each other. It was like, I what? It. it was like, what the hell happened? But no, yeah. there, there are some crazy things that can go on that can go on there. I mean, just like yeah. knowing where the knowing where Reggie's at, it can mm-hmm. you it's just expected. You're going to see some crazy stuff go down there. Yeah, that's something, too, about indoor track that I even yeah. though I, I prefer outdoor because I like discus too. Um, indoor track. I love how everything you can see like outdoor mm. usually the throws areas is are very far away because yeah. you don't have enough space but an indoor track you know i could throw turn around and then see like my roommates running the four by four you know exactly and that too like we were talking about adrenaline like seeing my friends compete and cheering for them that's something that like really fires me up yeah it, it's also kind of a thing too because because of where you are throwing like out outdoors like you may have like the net behind you but it's i'm i, I don't know most times you're it's fairly wide open you have yeah. like some space around you like we were just talking about in reggie you're literally in the corner in yeah literally in the corner in like this back room kind of area and it's like how the heck am i gonna be able to like navigate back here no for real it's it's crazy but uh trying to think uh, obviously the one of the big things that we needed to talk about with you on the show was breaking the school record for bryant big deal there uh did you did you think that you were gonna have a shot you know coming into the season to break the record you know, it was a goal. Uh, yeah. We didn't have an indoor season last year because of COVID. Yeah. And my freshman year was such like a roller coaster. My first yeah. meet, um, I came in and I threw 1275, okay, my first yeah. ever indoor co- collegiate meet. Mm-hmm. And the record at that time was 1277. Okay. So everyone, all the coaches, my teammates, they were like, you're going to break the record. Like, <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's coming. And I just, I had a rough freshman year. You know, I was, um, I don't know why I just never could do it even though I've done it, like my high school PR was more than um, that record at the time. Yeah. But don't the high school shots weigh more though, or not for girls. Oh, it stays girl. the same. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. I know. I know for guys, I think it goes up like maybe Six, like it goes 12 to 16. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I know that. So, so 
was there kind of was there like a mental block mental for block or? for really? sure yeah. yeah and then um going into like this uh, I broke it at URI going into that meet I wanted it so bad I told everyone yeah. I told my coach I was like I want this so bad because <laughs> 13 like that that's my lucky number I was like I just want to break 13 yeah. and for so long 13 has been my mental block like and now that I've broken it I'm really really excited to throw because I feel like that was such like 13 like such a big number and now that it's broken I feel like I'll be able to like progress hopefully so yeah why is 13 your lucky number Um, just always has been always has been I think it originates from my dad Dan Marino oh (laughs) huge dolphin fan Uh, huge dolphin (laughs) yeah that makes sense I mean so obviously wait you're out in California uh, Connecticut why why the dolphins (laughs) my dad was born in Florida Uh, okay Um, makes sense but Actually, no one in his family was even a Dolphins <laughs> fan. He just watched them growing up and yeah. die hard. That's fine. <laughs> oh, but all right, uh, back back to kind of like the mental block thing. I mean, I I know from I know for myself. I remember I had that with shot put, and I I didn't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. But I remember I had it, and I, I was just like pissed, and I I was just like, what the heck is wrong with me? And I remember exactly how it happened. Like I was in a groove, I think maybe like junior, senior year. And like, I wasn't like shattering records. I think my overall PR was maybe like 34 feet, but it was just something fun for me to do. And I remember I'm I'm like, I'm like getting down. I'm like practicing my glide and I'm like feeling good about it. And all of a sudden I remember like, like this girl on our team and ends up like coming over trying to like surprise me or something like like that. And he goes, Hey Brian. And like, I kind of like stumble out of my, out of my glide. And like, I didn't hurt myself. I didn't Uh like, like, I just kind of like, like kind of just like spooked me for a second. I was like, I was like, all right, like whatever. And I get back down and for like, like two weeks, my timing was just yeah, off. And I like, believe it. it and happens. I just, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out, like I was coming up too early. Every, mm-hmm. Like I, and I was like throwing like three, four feet, like less than like what I typically yeah. was throwing. I was like, what the heck is wrong with that? That's right something now? about this sport that is so different. It's like, you can go from one meet doing so well in the next, you don't know why, but it could be so like drastically different. Yeah. And it can t- I, I hate it's like it's something that again it like really tests you mentally because it, it's hard to like be oh, doing yeah. well and then all of a sudden not you know yeah well I mean it it, it can be so different but it, it at the same time it could be something that's just so minute that you're doing and you yeah. don't even realize it which which yeah. is so frustrating because you feel like you, you feel like you're doing all the steps the right way and you're just like and you just feel like like you're just past your prime or something mm-hmm. and it, like like you like it feels like like, I mean, I remember I was in baseball one time and I was like sick and I, I, I remember I'm like 18 years old. I'm, I'm just like, am I, am I done? Like athletically, like, <laughs> like what's going on? And I'm like, I'm like, why do I feel like just like not that anymore? It turns out I was like sick, but no, it, it's like weird. Like you can yeah. just like, it doesn't feel like you mm-hmm. just don't feel like yourself. That's something like sometimes at practice, I'll have a good throw and my yeah. coach will be like, Oh, did you feel that? I'm like, no, like, <laughs> it's just so like technical that for something so small, like foot placement or like moving your hip, like this much earlier, you, you, it's hard for me to tell. Like when I see it on video, usually I can, but it all feels the same. Yeah. So obviously, uh, going back to the record and everything like that, uh, you know, you, you said you kind of had a mental block. What, what uh, allowed you to kind of just like get, get in focus and really just go for it? Um, you know, I was, so the, I actually broke out my last and final throw of finals. Okay, so my yeah. sixth throw of the day. So just putting everything into it. Yeah. And my throws leading up to it were close to my PR already. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't usually happen, like the consistency of it. Yeah. So I was feeling good. And then my two best friends are also throwers. Um, they came over and just, I, 
I'm not the type of person who can be like, oh, straight face game mode the whole time. Like I need to be laughing, having fun, joking around, cheering for my teammates, you know? Mm -hmm. So they come over, we're just chatting, you know? And then they were like, you got this, like, you're <laughs> gonna do it. And they, they really like hyped me up. And then I just went in the circle and told myself like, now's the time. And then uh, it came out. And as soon as it came out, I was like, that's gonna, that's go. gonna be it. Yeah. And then I heard as soon as they said 13, like my best friend, he like picked me up and swung <laughs> me around. And then I went over to my coach and I was like, what was the mark? Like, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> you didn't even hear what the decimals were. No. You, you just heard 13. That's yeah. all you need to hear. Uh-huh. What'd you guys do? Like after that, you guys like go out and celebrate. What was the, yeah. Um, my grandparents were also at that meet. So oh, they nice. took me out and the two friends I was talking about, they took us out to dinner to celebrate, that's you fun. know, hung out that whole night. It, it was really fun. That That's awesome. I yeah. mean, just like being able to do that is like such, mm -hmm. it's such a relief. And and like, like you said, now that you've done it, you feel like you can kind of just like go about and yeah. go at your next thing. I mean, obviously you're always going to want to go for your PR. That's something that's always like, yeah. you're always like trying to strive for, but for yourself now, like, do you have any, do you have besides like, you know, going after your PR, what are some, what are some goals that you have for yourself kind of going forward? I really want to hit 1350. Okay. I don't know why. I just like tell myself these random numbers and they yeah. stick with me. So 1350 is one of those. And um, go, this is like obviously a lot more in the future, but outdoor yeah. track. I want to break 13 too, because I haven't done that. Is, what, what's the record for outdoor track? 1329. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So do you think, do you think you'll have a shot to get it this season or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are the shots yeah the shots for for girls outdoor or like 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 guys uh like guys indoor versus outdoor that they are different right uh yeah the indoor ones are like a rubber yeah, material yeah, 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 and yeah. outdoor metal and actually i was told this i don't know if it's true but people said that indoor uh throwing is like more difficult than outdoor yeah i i couldn't i mean i don't think so because i've i've thrown mm -hmm. both and i think that they're the same kind of i don't even think they're the same i honestly kind of found found outdoor to be a bit harder because oh, really well, for me, like the shots that we used, like they kind of have like the sand in them or, like, oh, the, yeah. or like the beads. And for me, what I would do is I would try to just like balance out the ball enough to where like I felt like you it, it your I, hand, right? Whereas with just like the outdoor shot, it's just a metal ball. You're not you're not like you're not balancing anything. So yeah. I would always feel like, all right, I, if I balance it out like like this and get it here and chamber it, I'm going to be able to, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to push it off the best I can. The one thing I will say about those indoor shots is that they are a hazard and because they, they, they bounce. <laughs> oh, well, well, no, they bounce, but I, if, if they're old enough, they will, they will break. I mean, yeah. I, I remember I was at a meet at Northbridge high school, which is for, in terms of track quality is not anywhere close to <laughs> like Reggie Lewis. Reggie Lewis is like mm -hmm. the pinnacle for me. Whereas uh, Northbridge high school, it's literally like running in a, in like a gymnasium. It's, it's, it's atrocious, but where I remember it was like a very, very cold day. And we, you know, obviously got on the bus, brought our, brought the shots with us. And mm -hmm. uh, this one kid, he gets up and he he gets on like the top of the uh, on like the top of the bar. And he just just as kind of like a warm up throw. He takes the ball and like, he turns around backwards, mm -hmm. takes the ball, goes between his legs and just like throws it back just to kind of like loosen yeah. up when he when he did it. The ball flew back and it it flew a good distance and just shattered on the ground and all the bees just went absolutely yeah. everywhere. And everyone, <laughs> no one knew what to do because like we, we were just like we all like chuck these things and like, this has never happened before, but like the thing, I think the rubber either was like cracked or it was just so cold and it was ridiculous. Yeah. We get told not to put the shot puts overnight in cold cars. Because no, yeah. That does happen. Even we practice in quantity. We have like our wooden circles. Yeah. Um, the shots stay in there overnight. So obviously it's not like outside, but just like a couple weeks ago, we were practicing and one of our guys threw a shot 
and it hit the ground and all you could see was like a cloud of like because there's there's sand in ours oh, so yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. a big cloud we were like <laughs> i can't use that one anymore no yeah i remember i remember just seeing a guy like take it he just put it in a trash bag he was like yeah this thing's useless now <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy how that kind of thing goes yeah uh so obviously we talked about goals and some things with you uh one of the uh, obviously this is something that you can't avoid when you're talking about it now is covid obviously during yeah. during sports it's something i've been trying to lean away from in in you know recent days but got to talk recent about episodes, it but you got to talk about it it's another elephant in the room so yes. I, obviously you come in during 2020 and you're dealing with all the crap that kind of comes with that yeah. how has your experience been as a college athlete dealing with covid you know it hasn't been easy. Yeah, no, I'm, I can't imagine it. <laughs> I'm very, very grateful that we're still able to compete, yeah. you know, because there was a time where we weren't. And that was really hard. Just ha having practice like the whole entire year up to March just for them to be like, go home. You know, that yeah. was that was really hard for a lot of people I know. Mm -hmm. So even though we're still, you know, we wear masks when we compete. You know, we have our whole contact tracing when someone yeah. tests positive, like maybe a team can't go to a meet. So it's still like, I feel like we're still adjusting, but I will say that I know my mindset and the mindset of a lot of my uh, friends and teammates is because we didn't get a, we had, we missed in a whole outdoor and a whole indoor. So a whole year yeah. of our like call, four years of college, basically. Yeah. Um, it makes us want to work, not work harder, but it, we really have to like seize every opportunity we get because you never know what's going to happen. Like we were in South Carolina when we were told we had to go home. We were told like at like 10 at night. And then the next morning at 8 a.m. we got on a bus. We had to drive 17 hours back to Bryant and leave. They were like, you can't stay here. You have to go. Oh, geez. And that was just so like it was the most heartbreaking experience. And ever since then, it's every time I get to compete, I'm like, let's do it like who knows if this is the last time I'm going to get to compete? Like, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I know for myself when we, when we went back for spring break, it was, yeah. uh, I'm, I mean, I remember just like exactly what I was doing. I was walking out of a math, math test. I didn't feel too good about it, but I, but, but he ended up, but the, but the teacher said he would drop the lowest grade. So I was like, all right, this there is, is going to be the one yeah. going home before <laughs> spring break. And the thing that the thing that I think was just crazy for a bunch of Brian students and at least myself was like you were saying bye to someone. I was like, hey, I'll see you in two weeks. Like I'll like take yeah. off. And two weeks turned into literally half a year. So yes. so that that was the biggest adjustment, I think, for me mm -hmm. of just trying to have to get back and talk with people because, mm -hmm. you know, some people you were able to connect with, some, but other people that, you know, you would just see around campus and maybe you don't have them on Snapchat. Yeah. Maybe you don't have them on all these other things. You, you know, you just didn't talk to these people and you kind of had to rekindle that in the fall. Yeah. And like even relationships with like teammates and coaches, like yeah. being on your own for six months, being accountable for your own workouts, having yeah. no one there to like pick you up when you're having a rough day, you know, th that was something super hard. And like, yeah, it's really easy to get like into a bad like week, couple weeks where you're like, what's the point? You know, I don't get to compete. Like, why am I even doing this? So it's something that you just have to remind yourself, like there, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep working hard, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know, I know for myself, it was, uh, it was, it was a struggling, uh, it was definitely a difficult time. How did, yeah. I mean, how did you kind of get through it? Yeah. So I'm like open about this. I struggle with anxiety and depression and mm -hmm. that's something that during COVID was at an all time high yeah. and just so many things like all my friends on the East coast didn't get to see, you know? going back home, not being able to do track, uh, waking up at 5 a.m. for yeah. my 8 a.m. class. You know, it was just uh, it was really hard. I'm not going to lie for that whole first quarantine. 
it was really difficult. And then when I came back to school, it definitely just getting back into the routine and the swing of things, it, it really, really helped. And then when I went home, we had like the three month winter break last year. Remember yeah, yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, that was ridiculous. Yeah. So after having dealt with that, what I did the first quarantine, I call that like the second one kind of pretty much. Um, yeah. I just had like such a better time that time because I, I kind of expected it like being on my own, not seeing people, you know? Yeah. And no, I, I can definitely kind of, uh, I can, I can definitely feel that and kind of understand that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just know it was ridiculous when I went through it the first time. I mean, f- 5 a.m. That, that, that suffer in 8 a.m. class. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. definitely, that's definitely difficult. I know. I mean, I was luckily lucky enough that I'm just in the same time zone. So that mm-hmm. doesn't have to change, but yeah, like that, that is something that I remember just like a ton of people had to deal with. Yeah, I like international students. I know they, they, they were getting have- up at like two, three in the morning it was yeah. like, for like, for like an 8 a.m. class or something. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that was that was definitely tough, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously a lot of things that went on there. Uh, now, hopefully we're heading in a better direction now. Yes, I, I at least I hope I think we are. I think we're in a much better spot than we're than we ever have been. I think we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. But hey, before we do go, one of the things I, I ask a lot of the athletes I I talk to before, when they come on this show is essentially that. I mean, I, I've come to the realization for myself that athletics doesn't last forever and eventually things mm-hmm. do come to an end. Uh, for yourself, when you do have to kind of hang it up and you are done competing, whether that's at the end of college or, you know, you know, 10 years from now, whenever, mm-hmm. whenever, whatever happens, but what, whenever that does happen, what is something that you want to do when you are done? Um, I know like uh, when athletics is done, something that I've always wanted to do, I want to be a coach. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no. I guess that might be part of me trying to like, hold on to athletics. Uh, no, it's mean- just, it's, it's the, one of the biggest parts of my life, like all sports, it's not just track not just like field hockey or soccer. I just love everything about sports, watching them, playing them. Yeah. And it just like makes me happy. So I know that no matter what I do in the future, it's definitely going to be something sports related. hundred percent. I, I, I know for myself, I'm sure I'm, I'm clinging to sports right now by uh-huh. trying to get in everything I am. That's why I have this. Yeah, <laughs> so Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm always trying to, you know, stay in sports in yeah. one way or another. So I, I can definitely, I can definitely admire that, but Lily, unfortunately we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to wrap up what we talked about in this episode and send you guys on your way into the weekend. Obviously welcome in Lily, the to the show, Lily, thank you again so much for coming on. It was a thank blast you for having me. It I was had a great bl- time. Absolutely. It was a blast getting a chance to talk with you. If you break any more records, I'd be happy to have you back on. So uh, <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I hope you are. Uh, but obviously we talked to you about your, about, we talked to Lily about her background in athletics and how she ended up getting to Bryant as well as, you know, basically just a run through of her, of her breaking the women's indoor record here at Bryant university. It was a great overall show and I'm glad that she was able to come on. Uh, but guys, if you aren't falling down on the wire at this point, what are you guys doing? We are available everywhere. You guys can find podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple, Apple, uh, podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, YouTube, but the main hub you guys can follow us on is our Instagram. That is down to the wire again at down dot to the wire on Instagram. Please follow that. I really appreciate the support. And we hope that, uh, we hope that you guys, you know, come through support, support people like Lily and, you know, other athletes in general. And listen, if you're an athlete and you, you want to get on down to the wire, my DMS are always open. So, uh, n- never hesitate. I'm always, I'm, I'm all ears, but listen, it's been a great episode. And, but from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Lily Lagoy, And we will see you guys next time. Take care. Have a great weekend and peace out.